0: Welcome to Let's Get Writing, the podcast that explores the creative process of writing from books, scripts, plays, and poems to songs and blogs. This series focuses on authors, publishers, and artists. Catherine's guests share their process of writing in all its forms. Listen along to discover the personal journeys behind their work. Explore options from indie to traditional publishing and learn tips and secrets to inspire you. Welcome to Let's Get Writing. Welcome to Let's Get Writing. Let's Get Writing is all about the process from creation to publication. And here is where you can find inspiration, ideas, and meet the people behind the stories. We bring life to books is what I like to say. I'm your host, Catherine Taylor, and so glad that you could join us. And remember, you can always ask a question in the comments on this page, and we'll do our best to respond. Now, my guest today is a much-loved storyteller. She is one of Newfoundland and Labrador's most beloved, prolific, and respected authors, winner of provincial and national awards published nationally and internationally. And tonight, she has a virtual book launch at 7 p.m. live from her Facebook or on her Facebook page and also on Flanker Press's YouTube channel. And Flanker Press, of course, is the publisher for her book. And we have uh, that link shared for you below. And she will also be doing a reading from her book this evening, The Hanged Woman's Daughter. That's her most recent book. With such a busy day, I feel quite fortunate to have her here. And I want to welcome her to the show. And she's joining me now, all the way from Pasadena. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Nellie p strobridge <laughs> it's so nice to see you what a beautiful day it is here in central oh, newfoundland yes.
1: and I'm how is here too
0: is it makes wow. you think
1: that summer is soon coming
0: i know it gives us hope we didn't we didn't even get our winter till halfway through february in terms exactly. of snow i really
1: like that <laughs> i'm waiting for flowers the spring now
0: well on a day like today I feel like they could be springing anytime. It's so yeah. so beautiful. But mm-hmm. I, I love the part of the island where you live and have spent a lot of time there.
1: Oh, I love it here. It's great. Yeah.
0: It's absolutely beautiful and there's so many beautiful areas of our island and if anyone's watching who's not actually from Newfoundland you need to uh, you need to check mm-hmm. it out. <laughs> Don't they? Yes. You know, Nellie, it's um, not only tonight you have the virtual book launch, but you're also going to be at the craft fair at the Civic Center in Cornerbrook this Saturday. What's going to
1: be happening there? Oh, there'll be so many people milling around. Of course, they do have to keep their six-foot distance. But uh, it's been so long since there was one there. So I think it's going to be very exciting.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be signing copies of your latest book, The, the Hanged That's Woman's hang Daughter.
1: Yeah. Okay. So so, folks, any of you it's who a actually. People, yes. Yeah. We'll chat here and there.
0: Absolutely. And um, so if you want a, a, an autographed, a signed copy of her latest book between 10 and 3 p.m. on amazing. Saturday. Yeah. Be there. And so yeah. you'll be you'll be talking to people. That'll be wonderful. You must be
1: looking <laughs> forward to it's me. about a subject that's not so great. It does have its uh, triumphs, and it's it's hope for the future. So I think people will be inspired by it.
0: Well, I just finished reading it, and I have to say, I know it was a difficult topic, and it is, and it almost really comes from the title, "The Hanged Woman's Daughter," which really is what she was left to to deal with after her mother was Mm -hmm. hanged. And Nellie, the first book was extremely successful. It was a bestseller for you um, about Catherine Snow. Maybe you want to talk and just set the stage for us a little
1: bit. Um, Catherine Snow? Yeah. Where can I begin? Well, she was uh, charged with killing having her husband killed by two two men, Tobias Mandeville and also Arthur Spring and they were just young fellows. They were supposed to have killed John or Catherine, but actually there was no really evidence that uh, he was even dead. And the judge was after saying, well, you have to have evidence that somebody is dead before you convict somebody. But there was a lot of bigotry and politics and money. You know, the Protestants were polarized with the Catholics. So she was hanged and quartered. Mm. I think that was done away with in England in 1814. Well, I think I'll have to do an article on my reasons that she shouldn't have been hanged. So I yeah, have so many, I can't get into it today. It's just too many.
0: Absolutely, but but how, I mean, that's that's based on a real historical fact. Am I correct in saying that?
1: Yes. And I did so much research. I've got four binders. So I had to get the feel of the place, the feel of of the time, and how people treated each other. And, of course, women weren't treated very well back then. She was a poor Irish girl, and John was a well-off Englishman. So everything polarized in that way, you know. And the merchant, his servant was Tobias, and he'd come over and do John's books over in Salmon Coal. Of course, then he knew and his boss knew whatever John was doing. So that could have been a motive for John disappearing unless John took his money box and disappeared with all his money. Because after mm. afterwards, there was no money left for the children. They scattered the children, the, the magistrate, and the children scattered except for the one born in prison, which was Richard and uh, Bishop Fleming found a place for him and so Bridget was left she lost her mother and her father and her her siblings were scattered after she had to take care of them for a year or so and then uh, she was left with the house being taken from her the homestead and so one night she just gets in her father's little boat Takes off, mm. not knowing where she would end up, not really caring.
0: Mm. I n- I know when I I I read that part, I was thinking like
1: you can't tell anything. <laughs>
0: you know, I mean to think to get in a boat, which I'm assuming is kind of like a dory type boat.
1: Yeah, just a small craft. Uh, I guess we would call them a flat, but I didn't put that in there because some people wouldn't understand mm-hmm. what that was. Yeah.
0: And, and I mean, just to launch yourself out in, on the ocean, the Atlantic and Ocean. Is the the moonlight
1: and the sea yeah. breathing around you. Mm. It's poignant, really. And, yeah.
0: And that's where that book more or less starts out and how her her life goes. And uh, we don't want to give anything away because, of course, we do want people don't to. don't give
1: anything away because
0: <laughs> it surprise us. That's right. So, Nellie, when when you write a book like that, it, it, it had to begin with that piece of finding that piece of history and being inspired by it. How, you know, how did you come across it and, how you know, how did you approach a project like that?
1: Well, I'm sort of triggered. I, I'm an intimate, intimist, so I have to feel something. I don't look at a screen and say, OK, what am I going to write? It has Mm -hmm. to come to me, it has to be strong, it has to have purpose. It has to make a difference in my readers, in the way they think. Like I want them to think about things in a way they never thought about before. When I read some of the newspaper accounts of Catherine, and it's like one just copied another saying the same thing about her. So I went to the court transcripts. And I read through them, and then of course, I really went through them and found it was just uh, unreal things I found, you know, that boggled my mind, really. So I got into that and decided, well, they didn't prove that she was guilty, and look what they did with her anger. And and of course, I grew up just living right across from uh, Samco. And what I heard about this bad woman that killed her husband, yet there was no proof. People just ended. This is what got Bridget to the gossip. She felt isolated and probably criminalized herself. Mm -hmm. So she didn't belong there anymore. Because some of the people may have betrayed her mother. The men in prison were beaten up, or, in a way, Tobias, he was found unconscious. And after that, they got a statement. These statements were not used were used in court against them, which we don't even know. They weren't sworn to. Mm-hmm. So I guess I got into it. And then. then I thought about Bridget. Bridget needed their story told. She needs to go somewhere and find a life. And you'll even find at the end, which I've forgotten about, you'll find Bridget at the end of her life in the Ghost of the Southern Cross. Ghost of the Southern Cross. I couldn't leave her alone. <laughs> <laughs> she came back again. My first book was Wittichons. And I, I remember, well, I had won some stories and arts, some awards, first-person awards, first-place awards in the Arts and Letters with that these stories. So I decided to do the book called Wittichons, which means to turn back to time. Or it could mean to break a spring. In the old days, Say. They would break a spring, like turn mm-hmm. it and that would break a spell. So in one of the stories, uh, this old man, he was drinking a lot, and uh, then he gave this young fellow a drink, and he, he died, right? And they turned back the clock to try to dispel that spell of... Uh, of shrinking like in the family to forward in the family. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, I went in with Widdershon's and uh, I think it was Donna Snellgrove. She was with uh, the sister mm-hmm. book And she looked at me and she said, well, I've got a whole pile of manuscripts. <laughs> Don't see that big pile there. And she said, I wouldn't be able to look at that for a very long time. So then I laid my manuscript down, and I said, well, just read this. And then after a while, she said, oh, maybe in three months I'll get back to you. And about a month later, I got a call saying they were they would publish it. And then the next day, Bernice Morgan phoned, and she wanted me to do some stories for Doris Elder Jarre. So I did some stories for that one. And then I did a book of poetry on Shadows of the Heart. That one is still getting taken out at the library one of the deals with my my sister, my sister.
0: So there there are quite a few books that you've written and yet you still continue to write. What you know how do how do you stay so motivated to, to want to share these stories? Any secrets for, for people who are starting
1: out? Well, if you want to do something, you have to have the passion for it. And I have the passion for writing. I'll do it no matter what. But I do have to make time for my grandchildren and my husband, so I try to work it them, try to balance it out a bit because you can get caught up in doing something that's not really worth. Mm-hmm. Something you really enjoy. When I was doing the Newfoundland Tongue, my grandchildren were bouncing around me because <laughs> I had to take care of my daughter was working and uh, so that was a that was a great book to do because I'd come back from Toronto, where I lived for almost ten years. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's how I wrote Whitishians It's about a little girl growing up in Newfoundland. I would not have that distance; you need distance from a story mm-hmm. to bring you to it to bring it up you're up you're up close to it so anyway, that one, yeah, I got lots of books there. Like coob, the word coo, Mhm. you know what coob means? No, I
0: don't. And I'm from here. <laughs> Educate coo. me.
1: <laughs> coob means kiss. Now, if you say kiss, you go like, it's like a hiss, isn't it? Mhm. What if you say coob? It's a kiss. That's a real kiss. You put, you pucker your lips. Even a child in a crib could understand that from a mother. Mm-hmm. And I remember, before my mother died, her sister-in-law came to visit her, and she said, "I'll give you a kubel before I go." She said it just like it was a normal word to say. And I had never heard kubel. I knew about kub, but not kubel. Apparently, is for adults.
0: Okay. And and so all of that's in your book, the Newfoundland tongue. I'm assuming.
1: all those. There. Yeah. It's still it's, selling really well.
0: Well it's it's fascinating because maybe it's because we were an island and maybe because so many different people landed here and settled that and there was a lot of isolation and maybe that's where these words came from. What you must have an opinion on that.
1: Well, I think so because a lot of people came from Ireland and south of England and they brought their words and my father told me words that were never in print. It took me a long time to do the Newfoundland tongue, because I was just keep collecting things, right? Mm-hmm. And Cold I find theater.
0: even in this book there were all kinds of words I- I'd never heard before. Oh, I didn't
1: think I had too many in that one.
0: Oh, I highlight. I started highlighting them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I said I have to. I have to start marking these words so that I can uh, go back to them. Yeah, but yeah, back. I mean, they weren't everywhere, but there were a few in there, and I went, like, oh, I've only heard, well, I've heard my husband say some of them, and he grew up in port de basque which was a smaller, a smaller place. I've heard him use some of the words, but they're not common in our language, for sure. And... um Shalandi
1: is a good one. Shalandi. Shal- dra- dragonfly. We didn't have that one, but my husband said, uh, I guess, in Trinity and Bonavessa, that was a word used for dragonfly, and I think that's Really, a wonderful word. Do you like it? I love it. I,
0: I mean, a lot of the words sound beautiful, and you can almost get an image from that when you talk, tell me what it is. I'm going. Yeah, that word makes sense. <laughs> I can picture mm-hmm. sunshine off of dragonfly wings, and,
1: and like the color yeah. is green. I see color in in like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I see colors, and all that. I see color in Shalandi, like it's a really bright green. Like mm-hmm. dragonflies are green
0: interesting well if people haven't gotten that book they're going to have to get that one as well as many of your other ones and you you have such a way with when I was reading the book I had to read it almost a little slowly because sometimes I can go through books so quickly because the imagery you created all throughout the book I was just like this is such a beautiful way to say that and um I have to tell you that that just made me feel just so nice when I read the book and I could visualize so much. You have a wonderful way with describing
1: things. That's what I wanted you to feel. I don't just write for myself. I write for my readers.
0: And how about that process? Give me a typical day when you're writing. What does your day
1: look like, Nellie? Well, it's hard to say, I guess I usually get up and have my coffee and my tea, and not, not tea, my coffee and my toast in the morning mm-hmm. with my husband, and I end up going to the computer, but sometimes I go out and feel the soft breeze and enjoy that in the wintertime, but it's a bit of isolation here now, but I guess it's coming to a hand soon, but... I I think I would tell writers to write what they feel. Don't look at a black blank screen and decide it's too it's too commercial just to write. You know, just sort of. I don't know. But anyway. Well, you know something, because uh, actually, if I
0: even if I had a passage to read, to, but I, I know I have the mark, but I'll never find it right now. But it's a delight going through and, and visually the way you describe things and we
1: go, oh, I wish I would think of that. And it inspired That's me. That's another tip. If if something comes to you, write it down and have a list of little things you'd like to say. or And if you want to fix it up later, you can. Absolutely. And... So when, you know, when you sit
0: down and you start, are you a writer that works from um, an outline? How
1: do you approach a book? Sometimes I start at the end. Interesting. I I found out a serf girl on a sawhorse. This girl was put on a sawhorse in 1704 and whipped and cold water put on her. I am working on that book, <laughs> and so that triggered me. So I think I've got the end of that written first, and now I've got to decide who the main characters will be in it. Because mm-hmm. she dies, so never to do that a little different. I guess all the books are a bit different. I did the Southern Cross, and I uh, got well, it was the Ghost of the Southern Cross. That was my great grand, my great. Uncle died on the Southern Cross when he was twenty-three. And when his girlfriend found out that he wasn't coming home, she took the dress that she was knitting and unraveled it and let it fall around her feet. That was her acceptance that her boyfriend wasn't coming home. Her koozie. He was her koozie. That's what we used to say growing up. He's your koozie
0: not your boyfriend you're cozy
1: if you just twist it a little bit you say cozy mm-hmm. That's where that came from right yeah yeah you can
0: you can hear a lot of words and sometimes figure these things out by how they sound yeah. but it's it's, it's fascinating and how you you know take the stories and then then build from there do, do you do character sketches or anything like that or is it more of a flow well, from your
1: sometimes if I look at people I say that guy looks like a character I think I'll, I'll describe him so I just my I'll have my little notes on these things if I see someone I would like somebody different who looks like huh? he'd, be, he'd be a good character in a book so I think that's a tip for everybody every writer write mm-hmm. down what you do.
0: And Nellie, when you started out, did you expect that you would write so many books and that you would receive such wonderful support and love from readers? I mean, your, mm-hmm. your books sell wonderfully.
1: I didn't think about that. I was just thinking about writing, I guess. I was 14 when I was published in a newspaper. Yeah. Well, family Year it was a magazine, actually. And it was about advice to, to young girls. And my letter was uh, published. And I, maybe that was the beginning of my advice column. I was going to ask you, were 12, you twelve-year-old used to run out to get that column in the TV topics? So this woman told him, "My my son is only twelve, and he just can't wait." So you you did
0: do an advice column? I was saying, "Well, well were you our dear Abby back years ago?" Well, I did.
1: I met her in Toronto, actually. Yeah, I have a picture. Uh, yeah, but I didn't think at the time. I think with me, I've just gone in steps. I, I haven't followed anything. I've just done what I wanted to do. And uh, I had a great life doing it. Wow. That's and great- I hope that I've made a difference in some people's lives. Mm-hmm. Like, I do not want to be a downer with people, even though that book might seem like that. But it's not really a downer, is it? You've oh, read- no.
0: No, no, it's not. It, it, it's, I mean, there's truth there. And it And it gave me... I thought about where women were and how they had no control over their lives. It made me reflect on how far we've come and the unfairness of, you know, when people first settled this island. I thought about that. I thought about how difficult it must have been. But and how unfair you had your fish merchants and you had your fishermen and many people being illiterate. I mean, it's a wonder Mm -hmm. we're here (laughs) the way that we are.
1: I suppose you can't blame the merchants for everything because only for them, I guess the fishermen wouldn't have any place to put their fish or sell it. So Mm -hmm. but still, of course, corruption is everywhere. Mm -hmm. With money, makes corruption. (laughs) (laughs) Some things
0: haven't changed. You want to know where things go? Follow the money. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I've got some nice photographs here that I just want to show, and maybe you'll tell us a few things about this. If oh, I remember, up. okay. Well, you're oh, gonna have a, to remember. Yeah. What's this?
1: I think that one is in Deer Lake. Get one of my readings. I did a mon. I did a tree, a Newfoundland word tree. I put words on the tree, and of course, I had people guess what they meant or sayings. Like cold, cold water. That's what burns me. I like that one. That one okay. was from a Deer Lake man. Cold water that sort of burns I me. Mean, I thought that was so great. That is and great. So, uh, people learn too with that tree. That's a I call it my culture tree, and you get all these little pearls. So, interesting, words.
0: nice idea to do, especially at this time if you're home with your children.
1: What a great idea to take. I think and like, do it. it could have been Bay so I, I think that might be Costco. This one here. I should have read them. um,
0: Well, it's a book signing. We know that, which we'll see. That's Catherine
1: Snow. Yeah. Oh, but Catherine Snow. I remember this woman came in and she said, you write this book? She said, I read that. She said, and I wouldn't let anyone speak to me for three days. Uh And she said, I have to shake your hand. And when she reached, Margot Cranford was there beside me. Mm -hmm. She saw my reaction. When she reached to shake my hand, Was just like a tremor went right through my body, electric shock, which was very strange. Hmm. And I was thinking, could she have been a descendant? I wonder, because she seemed to be so taken up with the book, but she didn't tell me anything. So I don't know. A lot of things Hmm. happen like that with Catherine Snow. When I was writing, I I was sitting on the Chesterfield with my laptop, and my daughter-in-law was over and. In the chair, and I said to her, I was just typing up the end of the transcript where they were condemning Catherine to death. And I said, This cold wind blew around my legs. And I said, Could you, after a did it twice, I said, Could you check the door and see if anyone came in? But I had different incidents like that. Well, maybe
0: Catherine Snow was communicating with you to thank you for writing the story so people could hear her side.
1: Yeah, maybe she was.
0: Maybe. I'm, you do hear about things like that at times, that it's not yeah. all what
1: we see. No, it's not all what we think. It's more beyond what we know. Mm. The more Here's, you know, the less you know. <laughs> you don't know what
0: you don't know. That's what I would say. Mm-hmm. And this is another book signing. And then we've
1: got, there you are, big smile on your face. And that yeah, would be. I think the other one was probably an alifax. This book, I think. Well, Made maybe that one was an Alex. Oh, that one I think was in Halifax at Cole. Okay, in the mall. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. The uh, one of my favorite places. And then which one? What do we have here? We've got oh,
1: oh grandchildren. Yeah, my Christmas, my Christmas book. I think when the kids were small, the grandchildren. Yeah, the the Christmas book is a lot of humor in it. They called it a, a classic. Actually, people really like that. Wonderful. CBC had some of the stories on. That was in it. I put some humor in it. I like to have humor where I can. Me too. I, I think I think it it's such a we nice need, element. We need more humor, right, in writing?
0: Yes. And it's not always easy to do. And you know, Nellie, you're not going to believe me, but we're just about out of our time together for for all the things i wanted to cover i feel like i'm just getting started and yet here i am almost at the at the end but um i just want to thank you so much for taking the time and i want to remind people again to check out your virtual book launch tonight and that's going to be on your facebook page which is i think i have that one up there Nellie p strobridge and uh and just a reminder of the book launch tonight. And you're going to be very busy. And thank you so much for taking time from your day to sit I'm with
1: so me. glad you had me today. And I'm so glad you really enjoyed the book. Thanks so much for listening.
0: We'd love to hear from you. So please let us know what you thought of this episode and share your ideas for future guests or topics. You can email us at letsgetwriting at katharinetaylor.ca. Don't forget to subscribe and even leave a review. If you love this episode, share it with a friend. Until next time, believe in yourself and let's get writing.